welcome to the Hear It podcast. I'm your host Rebecca Roberts and each week we're going to be speaking to different guests about their take on how to engage a youth audience. I really hope you like it. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Hear It podcast and also the first episode of 2021 um, which is kind of looking a bit bleak so far but let's try and stay positive. So just before um, Christmas we spoke to Jay Richards from Imagine Insights and he'd literally just got out of hospital having been really really poorly so um, a big up to him for getting involved in this episode. We were speaking all about how to work with and create with young people directly and here's what he had to say. Hi, Jay. Thanks very much for coming on the Hear It podcast today. Hey, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you've made it through your near-death experience to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up landing at Imagine and what it is you do there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, my name is Jay Richards. I'm one of the co-founders at Imagine. And our mission at Imagine is to help Gen Z to shape their future. We know the best way for them to do that is with brands because brands shape countries and culture that Donald Trump only wishes he could. So what we do is we enable agencies and brands to crowdsource feedback, ideas or insights from our community of Gen Z consultants. So in a nutshell, we have 1,716 to 26 year olds globally that work as consultants for us and brands can crowdsource everything they need from our community so they can build with them in the room instead of just trying to build for them. So yeah, that's us in a nutshell. Um, For me, I was not really... um, focused on this space too much but I saw uh, I was doing a talk at Facebook maybe like two and a bit years ago and when I was there um, the NFL had heard I had this community of young people that I was connected with and they were kind of just like hey like is there any chance they could help us do a marketing campaign and I was like why would you want these people to help you do a marketing campaign and then it turns out um, what we did was absolutely phenomenal and they were like, yeah, let's let's keep working together. And that was literally where the business started. It was just a brand coming to us with a problem, a challenge they had. And it turns out loads of other brands also have that challenge, which is really, really cool. So that's that's how we ended up where we are today. Ace. And we talked a little bit before about brands of wanting that kind of youth perspective, but they often really miss the mark or, or can be quite like tokenistic in the way they do it. Like where do you think it goes wrong with engaging young people? I think a lot of the time, it's, it's kind of what I alluded to in the, in the intro, is a lot of time people try and build for young people instead of actually building with them. Um, and I think if, it's, that small, um, it's that small caveat that can really make all, of, all the difference. Because if you're, not, if you're not engaging with that person in the room and actually allowing them to lead what you're building, whether that's branding, product, marketing, or even like HR or whatever it could be, if you're not building with them, then you're kind of just guessing. And even me, like I'm 30 and I don't really, I'm like a a quote unquote expert on Gen Z, they would say, but there's a lot of things I'm learning every single day where I'm kind of like, wait, what, why would they do it like that? But for them, it's normal, but for us, it's brand new. And I think if, if brands continue to just build um, for um, this age group and not building with them, you just end up losing touch. I was speaking to a, a, um, a uh, luxury fashion brand maybe two weeks ago and they were telling me like, oh, no, we're not really going to be doing any uh, much on socials. We're not going to be really engaging with Gen Z. Our entire focus is print. And I was like, what? And we just done a luxury report with Stella McCartney at the start of the year. And one of the massive things our consultants were saying is like, why the hell would I read print? I think it was like 26% of our community said that they read print. And they were just like, what's the point? But this brand was like, we're doubling down on print this year. And I was just like, okay, cool. Like you kind of, it's a prime example of them completely missing the mark because they're just not asking their end consumer what they actually want 
Yeah, it's so easy to make those like I guess stereotypes in um about young people. It's embarrassing right where, where those stereotypes happen. A lot of time we especially when you've been in the industry for a while, that little bit of arrogance that comes in like, Oh, I know, don't worry, I've done a thousand campaigns for all these brands, like I know what I'm doing. And then you actually sit down and you're like, actually we're there, I have no idea what I'm doing. So what does good youth engagement look like and how does Imagine make that happen? Yeah, great. Really good question. Oh, well, for us, really, the way it works is a brand will come to us and they normally come to us with like a, with a, with a challenge, something that they're facing that they really want us to engage in. So normally it will be, OK, we've got three marketing campaigns or three um, new products that we want to launch. And we take those and we send them to our community. And within 72 hours, our community can send video or written feedback about the one campaign they love, why they love it, but most importantly, how the brand can improve it. So for me, good um, engagement with youth is qualitative insight because I think one insight is great. The idea of being okay, 63% of Gen Z think this, but really that can't guide your decision-making too much because what does that even mean? But when you have that qualitative insight from a, a video from from the your perfect um, target uh, demographic and you've got videos from them saying, okay, this is why I love this campaign, but most importantly, this is how I can improve it. That's where you really see the um, the gold. Do you know what I mean? I think it's the opportunity for you to get that type of call insight where you can really be guided by them and get that insight really quickly. Because a lot of our um, a lot of our industry, it can take a while to do this type of research. But for us, it's the speed of working with this generation that we know within 72 hours, they can get that, get that great insight. So I think um, for me, great youth engagement starts with really powerful call insights directly from the age group and really targeted. So if you're a, um, a headphones manufacturer and you're going, okay, we want to focus on black culture, it's really engaging with young black people who who really speak for that um, speak for that age group, but engaging as many of them as humanly possible um, and really allowing them to lead what you're doing. So yeah, quote insight for me is the be all and end all of everything. I'm 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 not a huge fan of quantum, if I'm being honest. Well, I think what attracted me to uh, reach out to Imagine was the fact that, you know, there's so many young people now who've basically adjusted their aspirations, mainly because of COVID. They know that it's, you know, going to be more competitive. They're pretty bleak about, you know, we've got Brexit coming up, the economy is screwed, like this is a challenging time. But I think what I was really impressed by was the fact that this isn't just brands using young people, which happens quite a lot this is you providing those young people with opportunities as well so quite a lot of your kind of ambassadors or or whatever you call them kind of go on to actually do some proper consulting get work with these brands right yeah yeah 100 and as like i said at the start our mission is to help gen z to shape their future so for us when we're when we're talking to our community we're constantly in conversation figuring out how we can best serve them if we're honest and i think the, the the great thing about our community is just like you were saying a second ago, they're super passionate about making sure that their their CVs look banging um, and they can be at the front of the line when they're trying to get jobs. And it's so competitive out there at the moment. And there's so many people doing so many amazing things that the platform that we provide gives them the opportunity to really provide great insight, but to get paid to do it. So we have three tiers of the way it works. So everybody's rewarded for every single insight they provide. If a client selects that specific insight that the consultant has provided, they get paid cold hard cash again straight away. And then also if the client says, actually, you know what, I love 
I love those 20 ideas, but I specifically love these five and I'd like them to come in-house. Those consultants can then come in-house of the brand and work on the campaign or work on the branding and work on the product. So yeah, so it's really those three tiers, making sure that they're always rewarded and they're always getting paid. But that final tier really means that they can come in-house and firstly, get great experience working with the brand. But secondly, really add value to those brands by going, okay, this is what I really think. You saw my 30 second one minute video, but this is now an entire day, two days with me, getting me to break down what I think you guys should do with the campaign. And I think it's that um, that added bit that is great for the consultants, but also is, is amazing for the brands at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And I think the other key point and there is sort of diversity. So often when you kind of put out, again, quantitative, I guess, is probably the worst of that. But I've seen quite it happen quite a lot with focus groups. A lot of the time they're self-selecting or they're the same group of people that are more likely to, to do those kind of things. Um, so if you use the same models and the same routes to test your ideas and involving people, you're always going to get kind of the same perspective. So do you feel organisations should be working hard to get the right voices heard? Is this a way to kind of get a more diverse mix of young people involved yeah 100 percent. so for us diversity is massively key because i'm a i'm a um i was gonna say a young black man i don't even know if i can count myself as young anymore but i'm a black man and my co-founder <laughs> <laughs> my co-founder is female um so for us it's really diversity has always been um such a such a focus for us so 65 percent of our community is female 25 percent of our community is black 22 percent are asian uh 10 percent from the lgbt QIA plus community and 5% are disabled. So our community is actually diverse. Like we're not bullshitting when we say that. It's a truly diverse community. Um, and I think for us, there's the obviously the diversity from the perspective of all those different demographics, but the, having those demographics in the room and on our platform means that you get that actual true diversity of thought. And the great thing about what we do is, is that say for example, if one consultant delivers a phenomenal piece of work for the NFL, they may not be the right consultant to deliver a piece of work for Stella McCartney. So every single brief is treated differently. So as this brief comes to the consultants, you won't get the same names um, popping up every single time because they won't really suit that brief, which is a great thing. It means that everybody gets the opportunity. Some We did some work with a, um, with a whiskey brand recently um, with our 18 plus consultants, just to be sure. Um, but with, we did some work with a whiskey brand recently. And um, as the brief came in, the people that pitched for the brief, we hadn't actually had any work from them before. But whiskey was a massive part of their lives and they were super engaged with it and really excited about it, which was really, really cool. Yeah, I think that's really refreshing for brands to actually asking people a real mix of young people that they may not even know they've got an audience for as well like to to challenge their ideas because I think they've been used to growing up on social media and just being direct with brands they're not afraid to voice issues with the campaign or say what they don't like not tear down ideas but be able to give like brutal feedback yeah yeah 100% and I think it's the, the interesting just like you were saying they they've grown up giving their opinion on things they've grown up watching their quote-unquote idols influencers giving their opinion on things so i think for them it's they're living in a time where well i can just shoot over a review on google reviews and tell that restaurant exactly what i think and i can just jump onto TripAdvisor and tell that person exactly what i thought of their hotel so they're so used to doing this that it's kind of like well why wouldn't we do this with our favorite brands or why wouldn't we do this with brands i actually don't like and i just want to give my opinion to that brand and i think it's um, it's a great opportunity for brands just to get actual honest feedback. So our, um, our um, strapline is brutally honest feedback, um, brutally honest Gen Z insights. Sorry, um, and I think the the 
the bravery it takes for a brand to do that. Not all brands are like that. And that's one thing I've seen over the last couple of years is that brands kind of, they, they quote unquote want people to tell them the truth, but they really don't. Because when you hear the truth, it's kind of like, oh, I have to change. That, that maybe doubling down on print magazines maybe not the best thing. And, uh, and doing that also as well, one of the things I've seen is that brands don't realize how old Gen Z are. I speak to so many brands, they're like, wait, aren't they like six or seven years old? I'm like, no, they're in your workplace, they're buying your products, they're buying your services, they're commenting about you online. And so many brands have just completely, same they did with the millennials, they just suddenly started advertising avocado and toast to us when we were like 29. They're starting to realise they've got that purchase power though and like and that's what it's always quite frustrating with these marketing. It's like, oh, so now they want to engage in people now they've got money <laughs> they're in the workplace, like, oh okay, they they get it now. They're always gonna be early adopters for things. Young people always are that audience that are just grouped together. Like you never hear like the forties to fifties, like you, d- you just don't get that. <laughs> yeah. This mystique of youth that's kind of seen as like this alien creature is really weird. Um so what would be your key advice to teams wanting to better engage a youth audience? I think the best way to do it is really to start with your community. I think that's my first bit of advice. Go to the people that love your brand. Go to the people that are on your social media. And and um, I was going to say DM them. Maybe don't DM them. But reach out. There. Well, you actually could do it. As long as they're over the age of 16, I would DM them. Just have start that conversation with your community. Look at the people that are regularly liking your posts, regularly commenting on your stuff, and engage with them. Because I think for a lot of time, brands see this as like, oh, we've got loads of likes, but they don't know who the, are the people that are, that, are, that are engaging with those posts. So I think start there. Go there. Find out who the young people are that really love your brand and start a conversation with them. And um, The second piece of advice is ask them questions that you, don't, you, don't, you really want the answers to, but you know that will be risky for you the questions that that you know that that could get you in trouble with your boss and the questions that you know that will will make you feel awkward because it will actually force you to change and i think engaging with that community first and then asking them questions where where you're really getting them to challenge you those are two very key things um and then the last thing really is just once you've got that information don't sit on it because the amount of times we've worked with brands, they're like, oh, we've got this amazing insight. Oh my God, this is phenomenal. And then six months down the line, I contact them again because we're due to do a new, new piece of work. I'm like, so what did we do with that insight? And they're like, oh, nothing really. And I'm like, what? You developed an entire report that you then sent out globally um, talking about your Gen Z community and then you've done nothing with it. Like it literally blows my mind. Um, and I just think the key thing is once you've engaged with that community, you've asked the awkward questions, it's then time to actually act on it and then continue to engage that community while you're acting on it. We're big believers in um, brands doing what we call instant insights throughout the year. So a couple of times a year, touch base with your community and be like, hey, we said we were going to do this at the start of the year. We're now doing this. What do you think? How is it going for us? What should we change? And really being open to pivot during that period of time and, and acting as a startup because it's those kind of things, those brands that do those three things will win in the long run. And the ones that don't, they'll disappear and end up like MNS. So is there a brand organization or a particular campaign that you think has done like a really amazing job at engaging youth audience? Um recently I saw a um a piece from I know it's kind of cliche, but so there's two. So the first one I saw what um not really, they didn't really do a campaign, but what TikTok have been doing with their young creators is phenomenal. For me, the way they've been, um, so I was at Houston Station picking up my son, and um, when I was there, I saw 
TikTok creators, like young, it was a young black girl, and there was loads of different ones, but there was a young black girl on there. I think she was from somewhere in South London, and she was a TikTok creator, and they did this entire billboard of her in Houston Station, but like really suited to her brand. And it was like really interesting for me because I was watching it. I'm like, they've put their young creators front and center of their platform. And I think for me, it's that's our entire ethos at Imagine. So when I look at it, I'm like, that's a genius move because really Instagram only started doing that a couple of years ago. TikTok are doing it right from the go. And I think that's a genius move on their part. So, um, and then outside of that, Beats by Dre recently did a, um, I think it was a US piece. I was speaking to the UK team. I don't think the UK team were involved in it, but the US team did a, um, I don't even think it was for Black History Month, but they just did, because they're obviously Beats by Dre is, is heavily focused as a black brand. It started by a black guy. Um, obviously, everybody wears a head, it's not just black people. But, um, they're very, they want to be folk, more focused in black culture and they already are quite focused in black culture, but they did a really interesting like two minute piece. I think it was the baby, the, 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 the rapper that was talking on it, but it was really just talking about like, Hey, if you love black culture, do you love me? Like, and I actually put it on my LinkedIn the other day because it was a really interesting piece. And when I looked at the comments on YouTube, it was predominantly Gen Z commenting on it. And they were just saying they loved the, the idea of a brand really not trying to sell their headphones because I don't even think you saw the headphones featured in the in, in the piece at all. But they were saying like, "Hey, we understand that we're owned by Apple now, but we are a company that's heavily um, influenced by Black culture. And um, if it wasn't for Black culture, they wouldn't be where they are." And I think it was almost like an ode to Black culture and saying like, "Hey, we we understand we can't just take from Black culture." and not actually at the same time try and add back to it. And that was a really interesting piece for me because it was kind of a, a brand that understands where the world is going and that Gen Z are very much a generation that would go, okay, if you've been taken from black culture from this period of time, um, what are you doing to give back? And I think um, Beats by Dre did really well with that. The brands that have a genuine approach to talking about issues kind of do land so much better for young people because they will call it out and it's tokenist. Yeah. 100%. Are there any um, podcast books or even like newsletters, YouTube show, shows that you would recommend that we check out? Yes. So I'm a freaking nerd. So <laughs> podcast wise, not, they're not really, because to tell the truth, so we're going to start doing a, a um, casual plug here. We're going to start doing our own podcast next oh, year, um, f- f- focused on Gen Z. So I will 100% be having you on that, by the way. <laughs> um, but um, from a Gen Z perspective, there aren't that many great podcasts that I've, that I've come across. There probably are loads out there I just haven't found. But um, I listen to How I Built This um, on a regular basis. It's about um, business building and all that kind of stuff. I love which that. Is, yeah, it's good. Uh, f- I've listened to everything. I'm such a nerd. I've listened to every single episode probably like three or four times. But yeah, How I Built This, um, Business Wars. Um, what else do I listen to? There's a really good one. Ah, oh, Jay, you're a terrible human being. It's, I think it's called 1917. And it's actually about, it's about black history, but it's it's so phenomenally well done. And then book-wise, I'm currently reading Seth Godin's, um, is it This Is Marketing, it's called? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's all right so far. I don't know. Like I, the reviews seemed amazing and it's, 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 it's all good. Um, but my favorite book probably of all time is the one by the McDonald's founder. The book is from like 1970 something, um, but that's a really good one to read. And then the final one is Influence. I think it's called Influence. Um, and it just talks about the, it, it's one of those things you were mentioning earlier, how certain things just go across all demographics and influence is one of those things for sure. Hey, so check this out. Well, thanks um, so much for getting involved today. I really appreciate it.
thank you for having me um, and I look forward to seeing you again soon so that's it for episode 15 really hope you found that useful next up we're chatting to the formidable Amy Keane it's a really funny chat we're still talking about working with and creating with young people but there's also lots of great examples in there um, from One Direction through to Topshop we, we cover a lot um, so yeah thanks very much for listening and I'll catch you soon bye